everyone, welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours, where we take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the university campus. My name is Cassie, and I'm hosting by myself today, but Hope is here with me to share about how God has worked in her life. This is our last testimony episode for the school year, but last certainly does not mean least, so we're excited. <laughs> um, and the way Hope ended up in Chi Alpha is also pretty different from a lot of the other staff. So hearing about how God brought her to us will be a real treat. Thanks for joining me today, Hope. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cassie. Woo-hoo. <laughs> All right. How about you introduce yourself by sharing a bit about what you do here on staff with Chi Alpha at OSU? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I this is the end of my third year on staff here with Chi Alpha at OSU. You're a junior. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. No, I apologize. No, it makes sense. I think it just took my random moment. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, and so I, um, I do outreach on campus. I um, lead a core um, small group Bible study. I um, disciple um, young women one on one as well. Um, uh, those are kind of like big parts of my ministry that um kind of is sort of the standard like we all do on staff but um yeah and then some kind of the unique sub focuses I have is I live in and manage the Holly House which is our women's uh community house for Chi Alpha mm-hmm. um I do like a lot of random things um <laughs> I am our connection to Assemblies of God um youth groups and so um the Chi Alpha is connected with the Assemblies of God denomination. And so um, we just want to build a bridge to uh, let um, students that are in these youth groups know, hey, if you're coming to OSU, like Mm -hmm. we'd love to connect with you and um, invite you into Christian community while you're here at OSU. Yeah. Um, And so I do that. I go to, I get to go to youth conferences and connect with uh, high school, middle school students, as well as their youth pastors. Uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of energy. I enjoy just connecting with people. Um, and uh, let's see what else. I also do administration for our camps and retreats, um, which looks like a lot of spreadsheets, which I enjoy <laughs> figuring out how to, how to feed people, which I love making food for people and feeding people. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Um, I do different things like hospitality, which um, is just thinking about, like, how do we make our space um, welcoming and inviting for people, um, especially with fellowship. Um, I work with Cassie and others um, to try to think about through that. Um, and I also organize our Beyond Moments and kind of, um, yeah, kind of lead that a bit. Um, you do a lot of things. Do a lot of random different things. <laughs> also, when like when in staff meeting and Christian is like, I have some projects, and usually Joe or I are like, okay, which one of us is he gonna pick on today? Um, but I enjoy doing a lot of those things. But uh, um, yeah, so I just do a lot of random different <laughs> things. I feel like I'm missing something, but I think that's the main things. Um, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I was trying to think of what you could be forgetting, but I don't know. Those are, like, the main things. And then, you know what? There's just always random things that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, I you know, different things. Like, I uh, created the – we have a bathroom in the office, and we take turns cleaning it. And I came up with the list, the to-do list for cleaning it. And, Woo. like, have helped organize the schedule for staff cleaning the bathroom. 
write really exciting things like that that are just sort of, you know, sometimes you're like, wow, my campus pastors do cool things. And then other yeah. times it's like, well, they, they spent a ha- they clean the bathroom. Um, <laughs> hey, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Right, right. We wash the bathroom. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think of you as our connections person. You're, like, yeah. connecting within our ministry, <laughs> connecting outside our ministry. You just know all the people. Oh, man. That's what I count on you for. I love tiny for. people. <laughs> oh, good with people, so oh, it works out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's jump into your story. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Um, uh, I just had the sound of music. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah. So, I uh, was born into a Christian family. Um, um, my parents, my mom and my dad, and then I have two older brothers. Um, and then I have a younger sister. Um, and so, uh, but, uh, so I am a white American. Both of my parents are white Americans. But I grew up, I was born in and grew up in Southeast Asia. Um, that's where my parents were serving, um, and uh, they were working and serving there. And so that's the context I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a term we use um, called third culture kid, or it's abbreviated to TCK. And it mm-hmm. means kids that grew up in a culture that's different than their parents' home culture. And mm-hmm. so um, my parents are white Americans, but I grew up in Southeast Asia. And so the my culture is, is a bit of my parents' culture, a bit of the culture I lived lived in as a kid, and then also this sort of third culture that's kind of this meshing of the two plus something other else. Um, Kind of uh, myself and other TCKs, third culture kids that I grew up around, we often joked that, like, our home was an airport because we just traveled (laughs) a lot for different things. or um, It's just sort of the sense of, like, coming and going between Mm -hmm. cultures. Um, And, uh, yeah, and I... Uh, so that's the context I grew up in a bit. Um, I decided to follow Jesus when I was four years old. Whoa. Um, yeah, I have this memory of being with my mom, sitting with my mom by this stairwell in our house. And I was four years old, so I've, I was like, I told her, I remember telling her, like, I I can tell there's something different about you and dad and my mm-hmm. older brothers, and I don't know what it is, but I want it. I want what you guys have. There's something different about you. And she explained that that was Jesus. That was a relationship with Jesus. And so she kind of explained a bit more and then, um, and then prayed with me to Mm -hmm. accept Jesus. Um, do you remember that? I have a memory of like sitting by the stairs with her when I was four. And I don't remember all of the parts of the conversation, but I do remember that. Like, and I don't remember now what it was that I saw that was different about them, but I just recognize there's something different. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, and so that was kind of the the start of my relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and then so growing up, I went when I lived in Asia. Um, I went to an international school with my siblings, and so kids from all different countries around the world. And um, a lot of things I really loved about that. I loved where I grew up. Um, it felt like home. It was my hometown. Um, it was a big city, like mm-hmm. several million people. <laughs> so, yeah. but that was, you know, that's not like the biggest city out there. It's kind of more of a medium city mm-hmm. in Asia. Um, but that was my, that's what I grew up in. How um, big was the international school? Uh, 60 kids. Oh. So, yeah, it <laughs> okay. was a small international school. Okay. Big city. Big city, small, small school. school. Okay. Right, right. 
I had like four people in my eighth grade class. Oh. I had one classmate in kindergarten actually, and he was a first grader. So wow, if that tells you a little <laughs> bit about my experience Tiny group, <laughs> I know it was kind of like a glorified homeschool co-op. Mm-hmm. Like homeschool co-ops are great, but just sort of like it was like slightly closer to a a regular school than a homeschool co-op, okay. but we used like a, a, an adapted homeschool curriculum. Okay, um, but that's what I grew up in, um, and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think one thing to note about, um, like, third culture kids and, like, the expat, like, that means people living outside of their passport country, um, community is that it's a very, um, uh, what's the word? Like, it's a kind of a nomadic community a bit, um, mm-hmm. a transient, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so it was really normal for people to leave every few years, um, for people to come to our city, be there for a few years and then move like foreigners. And, um, uh, and a lot of my friends were from this international school. Um, and, and so growing up is really normal that every few years, um, like I'd have a, a, like really close friend, a best friend, really close friends. And then after a few years, they would move and leave. Mm -hmm. Um, my family lived in the same city for 12 years, but that was not very common. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it just kind of was normal. But then, like, someone else would come. So I'd, like, I'd have, a like, a really close friend for a few years or a really close couple friends. And then one or both of them would leave. And then, but then, like, within a year or less, another girl my age would come. And then she and I would become good friends. Because mm-hmm. what tiny international school? There wasn't very many people. Um, and, um... And so it was just kind of like, oh, you're here now. Like, so we're going to be friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, like, uh, it was when I got into college more, even, like, in high school. Um, uh, but, like, later on, I, I started to hear people talk about, like, their best friend from first grade or from when they were five or something. Mm-hmm. And I just never – that's not a concept I understand. Yeah. Because um, – I am friends on Facebook and Instagram with the my best friends from like when I was five, but I haven't actually talked to them in person mm-hmm. in years, you know. And yeah. um, uh, and so it's just very different. Um, and uh, yeah, and so um, but that's the context I grew up in, and um, and I loved it. And uh, but then when I was in eighth grade, um, we found out my dad had depression. And, um, and that he needed, we need to go to the States for him to get treatment for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really unexpected. Like my parents, um, they started noticing it, um, earlier in the school year, but then they told us they were kind of, they're wanting to protect us. And so they're waiting to tell us about it, um, trying to figure out what they need to do. And so mm-hmm. then in f- early February, they called a family meeting and told mm-hmm. us, hey, we need to move to the States. Mm-hmm. And we moved to the States at the end of March. Wow. So we had about so a month. So it wasn't at the end of the year. No. We yeah. moved mid, mid-spring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like right after my 14th birthday that we mm-hmm. moved. And so I had about a month and a half. We had about a month and a half between when we found out to when we were leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I thought that I was going to be in Asia, going to my international school until I graduated high school. And then I figured I'd probably go to the States for college. Um, but, and I was kind of thinking about nursing and stuff, but I kind of like, I was like, okay, here until I graduate high school from this international school, and then I'll move to the States for college. And then God and I will figure out the rest from then. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but this interrupted that plan. Um, and at first it was just going to be a sabbatical year for my dad. And then it turned out to, he needs to stay in the States long-term for his health. Um, mm-hmm. and so then we stayed and we moved to Portland, Oregon. And, uh, uh, we had to look it up on the map when we found we were moving here. Um, mm. My mom's family is from the Seattle area, so we're a little familiar with it, but mostly, like, we passed through it. Yeah. Um, like, the few times we visited, like, when we visited the States. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so we moved, and um, at eighth grade, we f- kind of finished out the year, like, correspondence with my international school, um, but we started going to like the youth group at a local church, um, and, uh, that spring and, uh, it was like major culture shock. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like I'd visited the States a number of times, but mostly I'd just like seen my like family, like my extended family. Mm-hmm. And then we'd visited churches or uh-huh. gone to like, um, yeah, like conferences like that. And mm-hmm. so, or like, you know, with other, like <laughs> other third culture kids in the States, but we like, and so, and so I, yeah, it was such a major culture shock. And I was also like going through this process of grieving Mm -hmm. my home that I'd left. Um, and like my family, we were all grieving in different ways. And, um, um, yeah. And so that was just a really hard season and really like, I felt like I couldn't be mad at my dad because it wasn't his fault. He had depression. And I couldn't be mad at my parents together because they, they knew they were making the right decision for my dad. And I felt, I was like, I can't be mad at God because he's God and he's good. And like, Mm -hmm. even though this is terrible, like, and so I just didn't know how to process all those emotions. And we were all grieving the loss of our home that we loved. Um, um, but yeah. And then I started high school in the fall, Mm -hmm. um, which was like huge culture shock again. I thought I'd gotten through it with mm. youth group, and then no, it was like, whoo. What grade was that then? That was ninth grade. Ninth grade. So, so beginning of high school for everyone. Right. Okay. But uh, I was coming in as this kid that had just moved from Asia, sure. but who looks like and sounds like a white Oregonian. My mom's yeah. from Washington. Like, I don't really have an accent. I dressed a little weird, but like, Mm-hmm. That's not uncommon in high school. People dress in a variety <laughs> of ways, right? But I definitely, you know, sure. I was like, okay, I dress a little weird. But I didn't really sound, but I didn't understand a lot of things. And mm-hmm. so you're kind of like this invisible immigrant in a sense. Like you feel the difference, but people don't necessarily notice. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's like crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of culture shock. The first month of high school, my memory of it is a little bit of a blur because it was so much new information. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really, the only things I knew about American schools was like from watching movies like Mean Girls oh. or High School Musical or oh. different things like that, right? Which not, like, not accurate yeah. to reality at all. Um, <laughs> don't prepare you well at all. Do you remember, like, what the hardest thing was or something that surprised you? Um, I think... There was just so many, like, cultural references I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, too, this feeling of I was going through culture shock, but nobody knew, knew yeah. it. Like, people in my youth group didn't know it, and I was expecting, like, mm-hmm. oh, these other Christians, they're going to have so much compassion. And they just didn't understand what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really hard. Like, they didn't get it. Um, and 
people didn't understand, like, they, they couldn't relate to my experiences of growing up in Asia. And so when I tried to, like, compare the two and try to navigate, they were like, why do you keep bringing up Asia? It's like... Mm. Because I lived there for the first half of my, like, for, like, the majority. Until now. Until now. And, you know, and I think just, like, um, yeah, people just didn't know how to relate. Like, they couldn't understand that experience. Mm-hmm. And um, and so um, I think that was really hard. And um, my mom encouraged me my freshman year to, to do track and field. She wanted me to do a sport so I could make friends. Um, and I, it was... I'm so glad she did. I did track and field all four years. I was a thrower doing shot put, javelin, and discus, and I had a great coach, and um, it was just such a good experience for me, and that coach really, like, was one of the people that kind of saw leadership potential in me and really mm-hmm. encouraged that, and, um, yeah, but I kind of threw myself into, like, academics a bit um, because I didn't really, I mean, I was going to youth group, but youth group in high school had no overlap of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and then I just like, didn't really know how to relate to American teenagers. I would go home and ask my mom, like she was kind of my siblings and I, we were like, she's the expert on American teenagers. That was our perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad is like an old soul. So we didn't, we're like, my dad would not get it. (laughs) (laughs) But my mom, my mom. And, um, yeah, we just like go home and process those things with her. Um, but so it was think there was like a lot of loneliness in there I really really um value and appreciate my youth group though it was really helpful and there are some wonderful youth leaders in there um this woman named Chris um that she would just like come and sit with me on Wednesday nights at the end of youth group and like many Wednesday nights I would just cry and she would just Mm -hmm. sit there with me and um um, my first year, um, got better after that, but just like different people that poured into me, um, which was so helpful. And, um, yeah. And then I went to George Fox university in Newburgh, Oregon for college. And I went in planning nursing and then quickly realized, I don't know if I'm sure about nursing and then moved over to biology. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where I I stayed, even though there were moments where I was like, Oh, should I do something else? (laughs) Um, and that's a Christian private school. Yeah. It's a Christian private school. And, um, and I think part of it was like going to public school was really hard and like having my youth group in my public high school, not overlap at all. And just like, um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great place for me to grow my faith. And there was a lot of things I really loved about George Fox and, um, ways I really grew and it had a really good emphasis on, on service and social justice. Um, but also like, I think something I didn't realize was as an adult, even as a young adult in college, you have to take ownership of your faith. Like you have to invest you. If you want to be mentored, you got to look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I, um, I was also dealing with like just different feelings of like still wrestling with things from moving to the States and like struggles with like adjusting culturally and, and different things with youth group. And so I had like some different cynicism built up mm-hmm. and, um, that I also like had to to work through, um, and so I kind of like I just struggled with my faith mm-hmm. in college, even going to a Christian university. And I think people kind of assume like, oh, you go to a Christian university and like it's gonna be totally fine, and mm-hmm. you're gonna keep following the Lord and everything. But it's like you have to decide as as an adult 
that mm-hmm. you want to keep following the Lord. Even at a Christian school. Even at a Christian school. Whatever mm-hmm. your environment is, you have to decide that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to look for and seek out um, mentorship. You have to seek out opportunities to grow in your faith. And um, I hadn't really built a practice either of like daily devotions. And um, and so I kind of, there are ways I grew in my faith. In, and I think grew in like my understanding of like, um, like God's um, love for uh, caring for people. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of, uh, learned a lot about different areas of, of justice and social justice and, and the service and things like that. And um, there was like a lot of really good things, but also um, I church hopped all through college. Oh, I didn't all, know that. Yeah. I, wow. yeah. And I think part of it was that there wasn't um, my, my university had like chapel and some things like that. Um, so a lot of the churches in, and it was a small town, Okay, small town for me, 25,000 people. I think okay. most people call it a small town. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. so there were quite a few churches in Wahine distance, but they didn't really like, like one of the churches was a good church, but they just had so many college students that come that I think mm-hmm. like, like I would just go there with my friends from my co- university yeah. and we would just go and tend, but like we didn't get to know people in mm. the church. Like your, your college community was your community there. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't like, there wasn't structures in place for that college community to provide like the discipleship mm. I was needing and looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I think, um, two, I struggled a lot with insecurities, like making friends and, um, just navigating a lot of those things, um, that I've come to realize now more and more, like how my insecurities have impacted different things and impacted my relationships and impacted like, um, uh, yeah, like I can feel very nervous or self-conscious with friendships that, or with like, oh, that person doesn't want to become friends with me. I'm like, oh, um, like, so I rest, I struggled a lot with that and kind of, even though I had a group of friends through college kind of shifted different years. And, um, and I came across this struggle of like some of them, some of the people I was making, becoming friends with had best friends from like when they were little Mm. and it felt like they don't need me the way I need them. Gotcha. Um, and that was really hard. Like they already have somebody in their closest circle. So they're going to put me in their second or third circle, but I have I don't have anyone in my first circle, mm. and so I want to put them there, but then there's this unevenness in our relationship. Sure. Um, that was really hard. Um, but, um, yeah, but then I think, you know, there were other things that I really loved about college and ways that I got to um, to serve, um, and, um, like, I got to go and or be involved with a lot of different things about racial reconciliation and... Um, building a healthier multicultural community on campus, which was really cool getting to be a part of that. And um, one thing that's so cool is like college has so many like free seminars you can go to all the time. And it was so cool. And I just went to all of them. Oh my goodness. My senior year, I was a biology major, right? But my senior year, one of the, um, uh, this woman, a faculty member that I connected with a lot, she was walking by one day, like coming out of a presentation uh, that they'd done a lecture. And we were, a bunch of us had our like biology and different science um, research projects presented. And she was like, you're a bio major? I thought you were a social work major. I was like, no, 
I just <laughs> do all of the things. Like I like it was so funny and um, and I had opportunities to go and um, uh, do like a week long mission strip serving with the homeless in downtown Portland and and then different opportunities to do that like on Friday nights regularly and different things. So um, there were really um, good things like that and had some wonderful, like my academic advisor, he was great. He was also one of my uh, professors in the biology department and um, still connect with him. Found out later he actually goes to the same church I went to in youth group. Oh, but it was just a big enough church that I didn't run into him. <laughs> um, and uh, But yeah, just different people that I'm still connected with. Um, and um, But yeah, and through that though, I... I, through college, I realized I love mentoring people Mm. and, um, I had some opportunities to do those kinds of things. And so after college, um, okay, we'll back up partway through college. One of my friends that was a year ahead of me was thinking about what she wanted to do afterwards. And she found out about AmeriCorps, which is, if, um, if you haven't heard of it, it's kind of like the Peace Corps, but stateside. Um, and so you are kind of like a volunteer intern for one to two years where you serve with a nonprofit in the States. Mm-hmm. And um, so she was looking into that. And so I started looking into that. And then I found um, this opportunity with AmeriCorps to um, work with the nonprofit called City Year. And uh, you are like in kind of like a paraeducator um, and you serve for a year in a um, low income underperforming school. And okay. you work in, you like have a partner teacher, but you're like an in-class tutor slash mentor mm-hmm. to students. So I moved to Florida from <laughs> Oregon the year after, right after, like Dang. two months, two months after I graduated. Yeah. Like less than two months after I graduated from college, moved to Jacksonville, Florida. My dad thankfully flew out with me, um, mm-hmm. for the week, for a long weekend, helped me get settled and, um, worked with this nonprofit and I worked in a, yeah, I was in a, uh, eighth grade class and, um, yeah, a predominantly, um, African-American middle school in a really low income neighborhood. And, um, so learning a lot about cross-culturally within the U S. Um, but it was so cool. I got to like, it was in this eighth grade math class and, and got to tutor students in math, but also help them, um, like mentoring them with behavior things. And also just like, Um, being an extra adult that cared about them, that could just be there for them. And it was um, really incredible, like, the um, just getting to walk alongside them and be that extra person. And, you know, I'd had different points that year where students would ask if they could come talk to me, and then they would, like, open up to me about things um, just because I'd built that trust as being a safe adult that they could come and talk to Mm -hmm. um, that that would care about them. And, um, yeah, a lot of challenging things. Man, eighth graders, middle schoolers, got lots of things going on in their lives. Yeah. But I also have a very special place in my heart for eighth graders uh, after that year. Um, they're so funny. Oh, my goodness. So many instances where my uh, partner teacher and I would have to, like, just, like, cover our mouths mm-hmm. because, like, they would say something. One of our students would say something. And you're like, I can't laugh at this, but this is hilarious. <laughs> or I would just, like, watch the back of, gla- back of class and, like, stare at the wall to compose myself. Yes. Um but also that year, I so I had mentioned I church shopped a lot in college, mm-hmm. and that um, at the end of my senior year, um, I uh, I think it was Easter, yeah, it was Easter Sunday. I went home to visit my family in Portland and went with my sister and actually my aunt was visiting too, and we went to um, the church that I'd gone to in youth group that I hadn't been back to um, 
in several years. And, mm-hmm. um, and it just felt like when I went there and just, it felt so refreshing mm-hmm. and like coming just like, just so refreshing for my soul. Um, and I, I was like, wow, I've missed this. I've been like church hopping and not, and just like dealing with like different, um, different hurts that I, you know, kind of accumulated at different points. And like, so I'd been kind of a, like running a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I came and like, I was like, oh man, I have missed this. And I can't church hop anymore. I can't do this where I'm like, kind mm-hmm. of like sort of following God. And, um, like I was following God, but like not really actively growing in my relationship with the Lord or being invested in a community that was going to disciple me and help me grow yeah. and um so that summer as I was preparing to move to Florida I was like okay I'm gonna be there for possibly just one year but I need to find a church mm-hmm. and find it and stick with it the whole year I can't church hop for a whole year while okay. I'm there and uh so we looked up a couple um the the denomination I'd grown up was in was the Assemblies of God and that's the church I'd gone to in youth group and so I was like hey I I love this denomination I know they're solid and so um I looked up a couple of somebody's got churches near where I was living and we visited two. And, um, that first Sunday, my dad and I, thankfully he came with me. It's kind of intimidating to go to church by yourself uh, for the first time. But my dad came with me in the, uh, one of the ones we went to that Sunday was, um, this little, somebody's got church like pretty close to my house but it was a predominantly african-american church and Mm -hmm. i was like i'd visit i'd attended a predominantly african-american church um once with a friend in college Mm -hmm. when we were visiting like some of her relatives and um and i was like it was just so wonderful to like get to worship um uh in like just like another you know, subculture within the U.S. and just in a different way than, like, the predominantly white AG church I'd been attending. And um, I was like, this is a cool opportunity. Yeah. There, There's not a lot of predominantly black churches in the Northwest. Um, and so I was like, this is a really cool opportunity. And they were also so welcoming. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I walked in, and the pastor came up and talked to us. And, and um, my dad's with me there, too, and he's super chatty. And so he was, you know, explaining. We're explaining, like, oh, I've just moved here. And he's like, I'm heading back to Oregon, and I'm leaving her here. And the pastor, like, told my dad, like, we'll take care of your daughter while mm-hmm. she's here. Like, we will, you know, we're going to look after your daughter. And um, I was so welcoming. And so I came back the next week, and they, like, remembered me and, like, all of these hugs, which, if you know me, I love hugs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and um, and it was so good. Like, the pastor there, he became, like, my spiritual dad in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. One of the women in that church is still my Jacksonville mom. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it was so good for me to commit. And part of it was I, like, in this small church, I am not going to get away with, like, missing a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the pastor's <laughs> going to be like, where are you at home? <laughs> um, That's good. Yeah. So um, I think, like, there was another church we went to that was bigger, and, like, I could have just been sort of a person mm-hmm. in the pew. And this one I knew, like, they're going to, like, be like, hey, yeah. what's going on in your life? Yeah. Where are you at? Um, yeah, so that year, while I was there, I was like, I um, really love mentoring, and also I was um, thinking about ministry, and I grew up, um, my dad's side of the family are all involved in ministry, and so it's something kind of on my heart, um, and I was thinking about it, and my parents actually had done the Kyle for internship, 
um, uh, back in their 20s. They'd been pastors with Kyle And so my mom was like, hey, you should think about doing the Kyle internship. And um, uh, and so I called up Brady Bobink, who's the director of Kyle the Kyle up at Western Washington University. He was the director when my mom was there as a student. So he's been there. He'd been there a while. You're a second generation. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was he was Uncle Brady to me growing up, too. So I had That's to, like, like, oh, I don't call him that around other people because the college students up there don't call him that. And, true. And he, but he's still Uncle Brady to me. Um, I talked with him, and then I prayed about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply. Mm-hmm. But I had not been a part of CAFA because it's just at secular universities. And uh, so George Fox didn't have CAFA. So I was like, hey, this is a great thing. Like, whether I go into CAFA or do something else in ministry, it'll be really good. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did my internship there. And uh, um, there was just, like, so many things. Oh, my goodness. It was like a fire hydrant, drinking from a fire hydrant <laughs> that first fall, the internship. Because uh, I, like, had no idea about anything I was doing. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my goodness, so many things. I loved it, though. It was so good. Um, leading a core. Um, thankfully, I had a co-leader at the time, and she she was, like, a student. It was her second year leading core, and she basically taught me how to lead core. Oh, good. And I was, like, the intern. Um, it was, like, you know, on staff sort of. And, uh, yeah, it was, oh, man, so many things. But I remember um, my winter term in my first year there with Kyle I was sitting down in a one-on-one with a gal and just talking with her about things in her life and connecting with her and like helping her to see how God was speaking to her and I had this thought as I'm sitting there in that one-on-one like I love what I'm doing I love getting to walk alongside young women and um, help them grow in their faith and see how um, yeah God is interacting with them and I love that and so I was like I think I want to do this longer term and so I did a second year of the internship just to get more experience because most people that go on staff with Kalfa, have been students in Kalfa, and I was like, sure. I've literally had one year, and I'm like, I don't know anything. And that first year, you're just learning how it oh, works. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I knew nothing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So many things. Um, and then as I was um, that second year, as I was, okay, in my internship, and I was like, Lord, I think you're wanting to send me out, mm-hmm. not to stay on staff here with the Kalfa there, but to send me out. And it was really funny because so I lived in Portland and then for four years of high school and then Newburgh, which is just about 45 minutes south of Portland for four years of college. So I lived in Oregon for a bit and mm-hmm. I never had any desire to go anywhere south of Salem because <laughs> I'm a city girl. And I was like, no, like Corvallis <laughs> and Eugene never held any interest for me. I was like, mm, no, you don't <laughs> count Eugene as a city. <laughs> I mean, I was just there recently. I was like, okay, they have some nice buildings. But I barely <laughs> count Salem as a city. Like, it needs, like, some tall buildings. Like, mm-hmm. you have to remember, a city to me is, like, a million people. That's fair. I have to, like, I've learned over the past 14 years that I've been in the States now, mm-hmm. like, oh, U.S. Mm-hmm. cities don't usually have a million people in gotcha. them. Oh, so that, Portland's the only real city in this state to you, right? Okay. And it's like a small city to me. <laughs> cool. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to know. Yes, yes. I'm learning. I'm learning that the the scale in the U.S. is very different Great. than in Asia where I grew up. <laughs> but it's still hard. I do miss really big cities, though. Oh man. Um, 
I love them. They just, oh, man. God had other plans. He did. He did. He kept sending me to small places. Jacksonville, Jacksonville was about the same size as Portland, so that wasn't too bad. Um, and, uh, but yeah, but so that second year of the internship, um, actually the summer between the two years of the internship, there was this, um, someone from the cough up there was like, hey, you should think about, they were getting ready to send a team down here. Christian was putting together a team to come mm-hmm. and restart the ministry, the cough ministry down here mm-hmm. at OSU. And they were like, hey, you should think about joining that team. And I was like, I know where Corval- I know where OSU is. It's in Corvallis. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, this is random. Um, I mean, like, I understood that, you know, I'd heard that the team was coming, but I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm you know, going through, and I was like, oh, maybe, like, God will send me to, like, there's a Calpha at UW, which is in Seattle, that's a big city, you know, sure. or maybe I'll go to, like, you know, a university that's, like, in Chicago, or yeah. Boston, or something yeah. like that, you know. We got Calphas We got Calphas in bigger cities. Yeah. <laughs> and then, winter term of my second year, on the same day, Brady Bombing, the, the director there, and then one of the other people on staff there separately mm-hmm. but on the same day came up to me and said hey you should think about joining that team going to osu and i was like what i was like okay i'm gonna think about it now <laughs> so i took some time to think about it and pray talked with my roommate who's also from oregon so she was kind of familiar with the schools and mm-hmm. um and i just started to think about it and like little things like I don't recommend basing life choices on this, but I realized OSU, like Corvallis is only an hour away from the coast. Like, that's kind of fun. You know, it was kind of like the Lord was showing me, like, positive things about Corvallis. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like, oh, I have to be, like, within an hour of the ocean, but just like, oh, that's a cool thing. Or, oh, there's all these hiking spots around. And uh, and then uh, later in winter term of that second year, I talked with, I met with Christian. He's like contacted me and a couple of the other second year interns said, hey, if you want to like have a informational interview, let me know. And so I met up with him and really loved his vision. And, um, and then I came down and visited during spring break and I was driving down here and I got turned around or like one, okay, I'm driving down from Portland because I'd stopped at my parents' house to spend the night. Mm-hmm. And then I'm driving and I drive south of Salem, which I'd only been south of Salem in Oregon a few times. And you keep driving, and suddenly you're in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Like, there are sheep on the side of the highway. And I'm like, where am I going? Like, oh, my goodness, God, this is such a small town. Like, God, why are you saying? (laughs) And uh, you, like, okay, and you take, you know, you take I-5 down, then you cut over on 34, and you're driving for what feels like forever on 34. Even after living here for three years, I'm still like, why is this road so long? It's only 15 (laughs) minutes, but it feels like forever. And um, and you're just like we're going. Not just are we like there's sheep on the side of I five, but like you're driving off I five mm-hmm. forever till you get to OSU. Yeah, why do things exist off I five? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh man. So, anyways, and I got here and it was like, and I also arrived. There wasn't a cow here yet, so I was just mm-hmm. coming to tour campus and um and kind of pray as I want and I arrived at OSU and got turned around because I'd never been here before and so I'm dr- I end up on one of the roads that goes through campus during passing period guys this oh, is cool. before COVID so there were actually like thousands People? of students <laughs> walking across all of the intersections on oh. campus just hordes of students oh. and I was also like am I on a road that is only university vehicles and like yeah. I'm like all stressed and finally I park and find a place off campus to park and then I was like, um, 
Yeah, and then a little while later, I walked onto campus, and it was during class, so no, like, there mm-hmm. weren't tons of, and I walked in between two buildings onto campus, and there was just a sense of peace, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, and I was just like, wow, and I walked through, and it reminded me a lot of George Fox, even though it's, like, literally 10 times bigger, mm-hmm. um, but still in the Valley in the buildings, and there was just this sense of, like, peace about it. Um, and so I did some more praying after that trip and then I applied, um, and to my interview and they offered me a position, the team here. And so then I moved down three Mm -hmm. years ago, almost three years ago in September to join the team here. Um, and we, um, yeah, we started, um, the ministry and, um, yeah, pioneering is hard. Um, but as Christian reminds me over and over again, we don't do this because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that God calls us to do hard things. And, um, and I think, um, I, I wish I liked, I loved our value hardcore more than I do. That's one of our kind of mm-hmm. values. And it's one that I was like, even as I was applying, when I found out, I was like, I don't like doing hard things. No, but it's, it's one that I have this sort of like, not hate, hate is too strong of the word, like a like dislike for that value, yeah. like a love slash dislike for that value, because I don't like doing hard things, but it's so good, and mm-hmm. hard things are so important, and, um, and, and to press, and to keep pressing because you're called, and to hold on to that call, mm-hmm. even on the days that are hard, um, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, in our, winter sermon series this year um actually the sermon i preached last one this is like in this world you have trouble but take heart for i have overcome the world that's jesus speaking mm-hmm. and like god didn't promise that it would be easy but that he would be with us through it yeah um and so i think just like man when you work with people our lives are messy Mm-hmm. And things are hard, and I have had to grow so much in dealing with my own insecurities and the ways that if I follow my insecurities, I can actually hurt my friends, even when I'm feeling like, oh, like I'm feeling insecure about the relationship. But if I react out of that, like it's me reacting to insecurity instead of seeing, like, this is my friend who loves me, and we just mm-hmm. had a miscommunication, which sure. might actually be on my end. I might have misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, but saying yes to God and um, and continuing to be here, even like on the hard days, and even like it's okay to feel like you want to quit at times. Like it's okay to have that feeling, um, but to keep going because when you say, you know what, I feel like quitting, and this is really hard, but God has called me to be here, mm-hmm. um, and He's got good things, um, even when it's hard, um, and. Uh, yeah, but I think like getting to see the beautiful things um, in in doing ministry and um, yeah, and trusting that the Lord is working even when we can't see. Um, mm-hmm. There, this movie I watched a long time ago, but it was like something like Faith Like Potatoes or something like that. Anyways, I don't really remember the movie, but the idea of it was that faith is like growing potatoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but potatoes are a root vegetable. And mm-hmm. so the way you grow them, my parents are kind of green thumbs. And so that's why I know random things about plants. Um, is that potatoes, you plant them in the ground. And then the, the top part, the leaves are growing up top. And the potatoes are growing under the soil. So you don't actually know how many potatoes are growing or the size of them until you harvest them. Mm-hmm. 
you have no idea. It can look beautiful. Like the leaves can look great. The top of the plant can look wonderful and you can have no potatoes or it can be the opposite. And like the plant looks kind of sad, but the potatoes are doing great. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, either way, it's you can't tell by the top. And that's oftentimes I find like we like faith is trusting that God is working below the surface in people's lives, even when we can't see the result. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I think that's something like to keep doing those hard things and to, to, to keep pressing. Um, I'm a very emotional person and like I have to remind myself, I need to react. I need to respond and act not based on like my feelings in the moment. Um, but to be faithful um, whether or not I feel successful afterwards, but that I need to just be faithful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that we get to do, um, walking alongside people, helping them follow the Lord, mm-hmm. but it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely hard. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's a little bit about me. So thanks Man. for letting me. You're a very quotable yeah. person. I'm just like sitting down, sitting here, like taking notes. Like, wow, <laughs> so many good takeaways today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask, like, if you were talking to someone and you only had a few sentences to communicate what you've learned about God by walking with Him, what would you say? Hmm. What has He taught you through your relationship with Him? So many things. Um, yeah, you only get a few sentences. I know. Though. I know. <laughs> I mean, I think one thing for me is I have moved a lot in my life. Like, obviously, I moved from one side of the world to the other when I was in middle school. But also, like, before I moved to Corvallis, yeah, I'm on my f- fifth. I had, like, five different, no, no, four different driver's licenses in four years. No, yeah, four or five years because of how many times I've moved states. Like, I've never actually expired a driver's license yet. I'm kind of wondering, like, how that process happens because I haven't actually lived somewhere long enough as an adult. Um, and so my car that I got when I moved to Florida is on its third license plate. Mm-hmm. So cool. um, so anyways, where was I going with that? I moved a lot. Um, sorry, those don't count as my That's just explaining. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. So Hope I've moved a lot. So. I've moved a lot. And I have... And with moving a lot, like, I have said goodbye to friends a lot. And um, um, when I was younger, I got to move with my family. But as an adult, I have often moved, and so I'm not right by my family. But the Lord has been constant with me through every move, Mm -hmm. through every friendship that has ended because one of us has moved or because it just ended. Mm -hmm. God has been there. Um, He is there when... It's too late at night to call my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been there when um, when I don't even know how to talk to somebody about it. He's been there when I like I feel so alone. Like mm-hmm. he has been there. He's been there, and he understands even when I don't have the words to express. Um, yeah, he's been there through that, um, and he's so good. Um, and. Uh, yeah, and he invites me to do hard things um, because they're good and they're mm-hmm. worth it. Uh, and he has done the harder thing first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a few weeks ago it was Easter, and I just was, during that week I was reflecting on, like, Jesus did the hardest thing 
for us. And so when he calls us to do hard things, it's because he's already done the harder thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. And then I think on a lighter note, like, like the Lord is just wonderful. Like you can laugh with the Lord. You can laugh in the middle of a prayer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend doing it if it's really sad mood at a funeral <laughs> or something like that. Although sometimes humor is good at funerals. I've had a lot of good humor moments at those. Mm-hmm. But you can laugh in the middle of the Bible because mm-hmm. God has a sense of humor. Yeah. And um, and that you can just enjoy mm-hmm. life with God as well. Um, yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. and like you can be giddy mm-hmm. with joy for the Lord and dance. And yeah. I think that's something I love. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for letting me like do a couple paragraphs. <laughs> I, was like, I think Joe things? and I are the only people who actually took a few sentences. Which I'm not surprised. Does yeah. not surprise me. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm learning something about our staff team oh, yes. by oh, asking yes. this question. It's, it's been great. Hey, you were a great note to end on. Thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Man. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing with us. That was so fun. I love getting to talk with you. Oh, man. And if you're out there listening, we hope this episode encourages you in your own walk with God, of course. Um, As always, feel free to email us with comments, questions, or topic suggestions at social at OregonStateXA.com, or you can reach out to one of us in person. Have a great week. And remember, God is the one who moves with you, no matter where you go and no matter how hard things are in your life. He is always there. Have a great week.